So it's that kind of fundamental misunderstanding of the podcasting space where it's all about community and intimacy and engagement and niche audiences. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and this podcast will discuss just how sound influences our behavior. I generally talk about this in the context of advertising and marketing, but there are other places this is important too. I really feel that it plays a much more important role in our lives than maybe we realize. So let's delve a little deeper. This is the second part of my interview with Carrie Caulfield Eric. How do you know what your audience wants or doesn't want if you're just starting and, you know, you're just starting? <laughs> like, what do you do to figure that out? So you have to find a way to find that one person that listens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> ask them. A bunch and of ask questions. them. Yeah. Really. Or you uh, find um, people who might listen to your podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you should have an idea of who your listener is, just like your ideal client if you're in mm-hmm. business. Sure. So your avatar? Your avatar. Mm-hmm. And you ask them, you sur- you survey them. You're, you know, could you listen to this and tell me when your interest dropped? When, mm-hmm. you know, is it too long for you? What would you like to have in a podcast like this? So, I mean, you can be clever with it when you first start out, you know, don't ask your mother because she'll love everything you do. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Unless well, she's brutally on your mother. honest. <laughs> it depends on your mother, but yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She, you know, I, yeah, you don't ask people who have an invested interest in making you feel good. <laughs> right. Right. So get yeah. outside your bubble a little bit yeah. and, and find somebody. If you have a podcast where there is an active community, mm-hmm. for sure. Especially if it's a Facebook group or something like that, for sure, ask the administrator, moderator, owner of that community mm-hmm. if you can do a survey. Yeah, because because people love to weigh in and critique. <laughs> <laughs> Have you experienced that in your own Facebook community? Uh yeah, I get feedback. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit loaded. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So the great thing about podcast mm-hmm. uh, listeners is that they are so invested in your show. Uh-huh. The terrible thing about podcast listeners is they are so invested in your show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, I've heard it so- said that if you get a one-star review, you should cheer because now you've got someone listening who you don't know. <laughs> Yes. Well, and not even, and for me, it's not even that. For Mm -hmm. me, it's that your content, your art, it Mm -hmm. did what it it did its job. It inspired Mm -hmm. emotion. And that is what all art should do. Good or bad. Inspire emotion. That's Mm -hmm. your job. Inspire reaction. Inspire engagement. And if somebody takes the time to give you a bad review, congratulations. Yeah. Because you did it. They must really care. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you impacted somebody's life. May not have been like the impact you wanted to have, but you did it. <laughs> Go you. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Uh, so 
listeners feel a sense of ownership in the show. Mm-hmm. And so they will tell you when you have done right, and they will tell you when you have done wrong. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they will give you very helpful advice. Sometimes they will give you unhelpful advice, but they will <laughs> give it to you. Yes. When you reach a certain threshold, when that starts to happen, you are doing well. Mm-hmm. Your podcast has made it. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. And I guess that's really the case whether or not you're reaching 50 people or 500 or 5,000. It really depends on your niche. Yes. Yeah. And your the maximum size of your niche will vary or maximum size of your audience will vary based on your niche. Mm-hmm. So I know there's a girl who does a podcast on Pez collecting. I don't <laughs> think there are uh, 500 million Pez collectors in the world. No, it's pretty specific. That's right. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but those who are in it are really passionate. <laughs> right. They have conventions. Yes. Pez Pez dispenser convention. I totally believe it. (laughs) Yeah. Yay them. I don't know how many people show up, but I don't think it's a thousand. Well, you never know. Right. But they're, they show up. That's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you want the people to show up, whether they're listening or showing up at a conference, which probably isn't going to happen for a little while yet. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Too soon. No more Pez conventions for a little while. Yes. (laughs) Oh, well. We were talking previously and you had mentioned something called sponsor yourself first. You'd mentioned this phrase. And I kind of wanted you to explain that a little because I I think people could benefit from understanding that. (laughs) So what I mean by sponsoring yourself first is that before you go to an advertiser to ask for money mm-hmm. to sponsor your podcast for, for advertising dollars, you can be your own sponsor and you should always be your own sponsor, whether mm-hmm. you are saying, hey, I have a Patreon or, hey, I have a business. This is especially for business owners. This is like you, regardless of even if you have other sponsors, you Uh are a sponsor, too. You put your own advertising dollars behind your podcast, because if you don't do that, who else will? Uh So, yeah, brought to you by Yaya Podcasting. Sure. So before before your podcast, you know, the beginning of your podcast, because. That's my bit. So for my podcast, that's my biz. And you know what? I'm guilty of this because I I forgot to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot to do it, too. I like I, you know, but my whole podcast does, I guess, showcase my voice. That's kind of right. Right? I mean, the whole thing's there. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so so for me, but a lot of business owners, coaches um, especially miss this. And I think this is something that Mark McWinney does is he Mm -hmm. advertises his own product products on his show sure um and he does it really well it's not his podcast is not fancy but it is Mm -hmm. popular Mm -hmm. um and he's got a big audience so yes say this podcast is brought to you by my business Mm -hmm. and you will then get in your customers ears in kind of a different they'll think of you just a little bit differently They'll know that you have a product or service Mm -hmm. that they need, right? Because you're already talking about that thing. And so, yes, sponsor your own show. 
So here's another question that leads from that um, and something I'm curious about because I don't have a separate website for my podcast because it's kind of an offshoot of my own business. It's on my business website's site. Right. It, it has its own section. But um, so would you suggest that people have their own website, have it attached to the website for their business? Does it depend? I mean, it it sounds like it would depend. <laughs> well, yeah. Although I'm a fan of if it if you have a business, attach it to the site for your business, because mm -hmm. that's ultimately where you want the traffic to go. Sure. Yeah. Right. You want them, you know, make it very clear that you have a podcast mm -hmm. or that you have something to do with podcasting. Sure. But drive that traffic to your to your own site. If you're an independent creator, uh, it's a, a little bit different and you're probably building it backwards. So you're starting with the podcast and then you'll eventually have built a big enough audience to start offering a pro and and know your topic well enough to start offering as the product or service around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and if and if that is your goal, because it is some people's goal, then, you know, name your podcast sensibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so but yeah, but definitely lead people where you want them to go. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't make them hunt for anything. I mean, yeah. that's a That's a terrible mistake. Don't make yeah. them hunt for your business. And I've encountered that where it has been a business. uh there's a really large company mm -hmm. <laughs> who didn't do this. Like, a, a re I'm not going to call, call them out nope, by name. No, you don't but, need to. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you, their products are in your home. And yet they didn't actually attach their podcast to their business website. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. that was a, a mistake. And they're mm -hmm. like, why is the podcast not doing well? Does anybody know you have a podcast? <laughs> That's a good question, isn't it? And along yeah. those lines, you are working on a curriculum for marketing companies, right? So what does that involve and what mistakes do you see marketing companies making right now? I mean, that would definitely be one of them, right? <laughs> oh, and that's a big one. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't. So let me start with the mistakes, mm -hmm. because I have worked with several marketing companies now and it surprises me how they don't tend to see the parallel between mm -hmm. marketing and podcasting. Oh, my God. They, it's part of it, isn't it? Yeah, they don't know how they fit mm -hmm. together. So they treat them like two separate entities, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And they don't use their marketing brains or their branding brains mm -hmm. to work within the podcasting space. And one example is... a. Uh, marketing company working with another very large company that I have been doing white labeling services for mm -hmm. uh, had to be asked, well, who exactly is this podcast for? Who's your avatar? Which I did not have to, I did not expect to have to ask, ask mm -hmm. a marketing company mm -hmm. because they're better at that than I am, right? <laughs> <laughs> One would think, yeah. <laughs> One would think. So they don't, it's kind of like they treat it like a, a weird redheaded stepchild, <laughs> which nothing okay. against redheads at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was born a redhead, so nothing. You know. Gingers <laughs> unite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so 
there's this misunderstanding of this foundational marketing piece Mm -hmm. to podcasting. I think that they're coming at it with a traditional media mindset, which is we'll just make the content, put it out there and promote it a little bit and then people will come. So make it and they will come. Yes. And that that doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. Not in podcasting. You can live in ignobility for a long, long time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. As a matter of fact, I just, uh, you know, Luminary is is maybe not a podcast but it's a podcast app and mm-hmm. they took the we will build it and they will come approach and for a paid podcast app that's that was bad because mm-hmm. uh they were uh wanting people to pay for primarily free content with no ads mm-hmm. by advertising that they had no ads um <laughs> <laughs> and yet you want people to pay to put ads on. Right. Your... Okay. Right. Yeah. That's... And then only having a few notable exclusive uh, celebrities making content mm-hmm. for them. So it's that kind of fundamental misunderstanding of the podcasting space where it's all about community and intimacy and engagement and niche audiences. Mm-hmm. which is very different from what corporations are used to, very different from what marketing companies are used to offering, I suspect. Yeah, yeah. So how do you get the people that you advise to pay attention to the audio that they're producing? I mean, <laughs> you're, you're well, making a curriculum for them to, I'm assuming, right. educate them on how similar podcasts are in the marketing space, how they're another extension of the marketing that they're putting together. Right. Um, So that that problem, too, mm -hmm. is how do you how do you actually record a podcast? Okay. yes. Right. (laughs) So do you do it in the conference room? They think, sure. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) No, you do it in the supply closet. (laughs) If you're not building a studio, yeah, or not yeah. not renting a studio, do you put the conference call on speakerphone in the conference room? No. Oh my oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Because they don't. They think it's easy, right? Mm-hmm, they think this mm-hmm. is an easy thing because if these people can all do it at their homes, right? Yeah. Why? Yeah, we can do it in the office just fine. Mm, we just mm. plug in our computers and or or connect to a conference call and go. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and I kind of know that, but <laughs> yeah. I can see how it would be a different concept for people though who are used to being in the boardrooms and having conversations like that. Um this would be a completely foreign idea, I would imagine. Right, and they they think that there is a low barrier, like a fi- a low financial barrier to entry. And there is. However, you do need to spend a little bit of money mm-hmm. uh, on certain equipment, certain setups. Yeah. Um, and they don't know what to spend the money on. That's the other problem. That is a good thing to know. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's part of your curriculum that you're you're advising them on this kind of thing. Yes. So can you talk about some of the podcasts that you produce? Um how they started and and how uh, they're sounding now after you've worked with them? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I mean, I would hope they've improved. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, Abs- absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and and not to toot my own horn, but well, I but got, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I just recently got feedback on how a a podcast guest complimented the sound mm-hmm. of a podcast. I nice. and it's not the first time it's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had the privilege of working with some people who do care about the way they sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think everybody has their own. Okay. So I understand that not everybody hears like I do. Right. Not even the listener. Mm-hmm. So listeners, podcast listeners, very forgiving. I have my worst sounding client ever. There's no longer a client, but I joke that she weaponized sound. Ooh. It was so bad mm-hmm. that I would get sick listening to the audio. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Yes. She wow. Those, those frequencies just right. That's tough as an editor. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Yeah, And that's, you know, that is why I think client education is in sound is super important. Because mm-hmm. if you get it that wrong, you are literally giving people headaches, nausea, dizziness oh at the very least they're going to stop listening yes yes yeah and you know you don't want your podcast to have that kind of psychological association (laughs) with like illness (laughs) yeah that's not a good thing (laughs) oh my even if it's not conscious Mm -hmm. so i did help her Mm -hmm. stop recording sound that that was that bad Mm -hmm. and start recording. And we did some crazy stuff like recording, like making a pillow fort around her microphone. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, voice actor staple right there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know. And she ended up sounding not great, but much better. That's good. Um, And I have... Uh, so there's this balance between what the client can achieve, how the listeners will perceive it, and how, like, what we can work with, mm-hmm. right? And that is to negotiate is hard. And sometimes you can only do, I mean, you can only do so much in post-production. Sure, yeah. So... While I have, I have some clients that sound excellent, that sounded pretty good before mm-hmm. and now sound fantastic. You know, whether it's that they're not doing their own editing, so you're not getting a thump. Uh, yes. Every time they make a cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Where they've got a little width to their sound, mm-hmm. a little richness and fullness they didn't have before. Yeah, that's always nice. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. that, so it sounds way more professional. Um, to clients, you know, who who just sound good mm-hmm. and not bad. <laughs> you know, so do you have any particular around. elements that you add to these that you think pulls in the listener? You're producing it as well, right? So, Right. So I use disfluencies and breaths okay. to punctuate what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And pauses. So that's my little my little trick. When somebody says something that's really powerful, mm-hmm. I let the audio take a beat. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So that people can digest the information. 
Yeah. I've had this discussion with a few people in various different topics and like for public speaking, for um, performances of just about any kind. If there's a little bit of white space, Mm -hmm. it makes people just sort of lean in a little, you know? Yeah. It it recaptures the attention. Mm -hmm. And, And it also, we need, first of all, we, we cannot understand things that are perfect as human beings. <laughs> yes, we it's true. It we sounds can't. robotic. <laughs> and, es- and especially if you have younger audiences, mm-hmm. forget it. it you, they will just tur- you know, turn you off mm-hmm. if, if you're perfect. If yes. there's no um, if there's no stutter, if, there's no, if your speech is absolutely pristine, mm-hmm. no filler, nothing, they will turn you off with the exception of, say, like a YouTube cut. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like super fast. Yes. But I think in that case, you need to have a really emotive speaker for that to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and not everybody is an emotive speaker. So, to, <laughs> yeah. Also, you have the visual element. So that you're watching as well. You don't have that in podcasting. So you really need those imperfections to make you human, relatable, engaging. And for the brains of younger people, and I'm talking like millennials, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit in Gen Z, probably primarily Gen Z, mm-hmm. um, the younger side of millennials. Because the younger you are, the more disfluencies you need to hear, according to linguistic ex- experts, mm-hmm. to be able to process the information that you're, you're hearing. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What is it that you're working on right now? Can you talk a little about it? Um, other than the marketing curriculum. Well, I want to I hear more working, about that too, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am working on a course for RX7. Mm-hmm. It, well, it goes all the way up to advanced, but it'll be useful for people with elements mm-hmm. because we have a lot of, in the podcasting space, a lot of podcast editors, they'll buy rx7 and if you're not familiar with rx7 that's an audio i actually have it (laughs) software yeah i I have it yeah so a lot of people buy it they start it with elements Mm -hmm. and they don't actually use it Mm. um, because they don't know what buttons to push it can be tricky and if you're not born as an audio engineer you know these things need to be taught so right and there's some some things there's some tricks i've learned and and some you know i've I've just used it for a long time. And so now I just made some very simple uh, instructional videos, which will be coming out in a course in the near future. Great. Um, I will so, look forward to hearing more on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I so might otherwise, just I'm it. just editing podcasts and, <laughs> yep. and doing consulting and coaching with podcasters and mm-hmm. companies and, you know, anybody who wants to work with me. I'm like, if you can listen to me pontificate, then. You know, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I don't. I don't do that to people. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> no, I also uh, have a free audit mm-hmm. that I've been doing during this COVID-19 thing. So mm-hmm. you can uh, have me look over your stuff, all your podcasting stuff and mm-hmm. uh, pick one thing you want to work on and get more information about. And I will uh Go over all your stuff, tell you what needs to be fixed, tell you what's working, tell you what's not. And mm-hmm. then I will give you a specific strategy um, on that one thing you want. Great. So how so. can people get in touch with you to uh, get in on that? <laughs> all you need to do is go to yayapodcasting.com. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I also have tips about for remote work workers and how you should be taking care of your microphone oh, and, great. you know, cleaning things, you know, so mm-hmm. you're not infecting everybody, I guess. And, yeah. and you should just you should just care for your equipment anyway. Right. In general. Yes. Yeah. In general. So yeah. uh, all that can be found at yayapodcasting.com. Mm-hmm. Um, including my podcasts, which mm-hmm. I have two. One is just podcasting. The other is the podcast editors mastermind. Both seem to be about podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how that worked out. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So the first just podcasting is more uh, just a cultural exploration of mm-hmm. what podcasting is actually like for creators. Mm-hmm. And then the podcast editors mastermind is for people in the podcast editing industry. And it is literally a mastermind. Mm -hmm. So me and uh, three of my cohorts will sit and talk shop with you and help you hash out your your business problems. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. But all that's on my website, yayapodcasting.com. Fantastic. I feel like that's a lot. So just pick one, <laughs> pick one and yeah. go with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking with me today. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> thank you, Jody, for having me on. <laughs> I enjoyed myself. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please take a moment to give the podcast a review. It's greatly appreciated and super helpful. Until next time.